Blog Talk Radio. and sisters, fellow entrepreneurs around the world. It is 0600 hours Eastern, 1000 Greenwich, and this is Rudder Radio, your guide to thrive in any economy. I'm William Eastman, Managing Partner for Applied Knowledge Labs, a North American business research company, and your host for the next 30 minutes. And today's show is going to be on the rules of the road, fast growth, and your business. And you can join us in one of several ways. One, you can go to our show page at blogtalkradio.com slash the rudder, T-H-E hyphen R-U-T-T-E-R, and click chat. You can dial in directly and join us on the show at 347-215-7471. That's 347-215-7471. Or you can also... Um, go to our blog site, my personal blog site, which is listed on our show page, um, or you can Google it at the Rudder blog, and it'll come up above the fold, or you can type in the URL williameastman.blogspot.com. All right, so let's rock and roll here. The last eight shows have highlighted a book that we wrote in 2005 based upon the research that we had conducted from 2002 to 2005, what are the characteristics of fast growth? And is there a methodology or a plan or some universal, universal principles that, are, that can be applied to say, how do I get from here to there? Um, my hypothesis was when I first started doing this research in 2002 was that there were common characteristics about companies that grew as opposed to companies that didn't, and it turned out to be true. And we built a we built our book around that, um, but we didn't go public with it in 2005 because um, for the people that we're writing for you, um, are probably not that interested in the research. What you're more interested in is what worked and what didn't work, and what are our stories. Well, now three and a half years later, since we went, uh, our goal live was in 2006, January, in Calgary, Alberta. Um, we've learned a lot. We've made some modifications, and we have some stories to tell. And so the last eight shows have been about that process. Uh, what we did, there's things that we didn't cover. So today's show, in, in many ways, is what didn't we talk about over the last eight? But more importantly to you is what what is really at the basis of the research, and how do you take a company from nothing to big? In fact, a, a colleague of ours, David Thompson, wrote a book called Zero to a Billion, and did a great job of really highlighting what that is. And I'm actually going to borrow a little bit because David, David's research is so well done. It correlated very well with the things that we were doing. So what are the issues today? What are the four things that we're going to discuss over the 30 minutes? Um, first and foremost is what is your end game? Um, I, I'm shocked uh, every time I talk to business owners and say, okay, what's the end game? You're going to die in a saddle, which, by the way, is an end game. 
And they go, well, I'm not sure. In fact, we did a poll on one of our corporate blogs. Uh, this was our chief growth officer for higher CGO uh, blog. And if you want to you want to find that, just Google um, chief growth officer blog, and it'll pop up pretty quickly. Or I suspect the new search engine Bing uh, would also do it. Uh, we found that 28% of the people who responded to our poll have no idea about what their end game is. But I can tell you right now, if you don't know what your end game is, you can. I'm not saying you can't grow the company, but you may not be happy with the outcome because the thing you've got to ask yourself is, when it, unless you intend to take it public or you intend to graduate yourself up to sitting on the board of directors and professionalize the company and collect a dividend as your retirement check, if you intend to dispose of the company at some point, take it out of business, sell it, liquidate it, etc., you must understand how the business is going to be valued because my guess is from talking to business brokers, a good 90% of business owners are uh, incensed, are annoyed or pissed when they get their business valuation because they, they think the company, let's say, is worth $10 million and the business valuation says 4 or 5 and they just can't believe it. It's like they've given away their life to somebody. And the reason for that is they didn't make intelligent decisions about how to invest and what to grow. And I'm not going to dr drill down on this in great detail. We will plan a show in the next two to three weeks with a business broker where we'll be able to get into those details about, well, here's how we value the business, and if you want to make it look good, here's some of the things that you've got to do. So we'll get into that. But uh, well, let me just give you something to consider, and that's this. And that is, if you intend to hold on to the company or take it public, uh, investing in people, uh, training programs, education makes sense, okay? Because you, because the, the, that is part of the long-term capacity, the, the productive capacity of the firm is based upon what people can do. On the other hand, if you're looking to sell the company, and let's say that you're going to go through a growth spurt, and then when you get to stage five, as we talked about, that stable stage, and then you're going to put it on the market, I wouldn't invest a penny into training and education. And the reason for that is that that's not going to show up as an asset on the spreadsheet. That's going to show up as a liability. And so if I'm going to sell the company and I'm going to sell it pretty quickly, um, the way that I'm going to approach that is that I'm going to invest in anything that is uh, based on an asset. And that's, ex that's simply all I'm going to do. And so that is just one example of if you don't know what the game is, uh, and you don't know which way you're going to go with it, it's very difficult to invest in the firm and figure out how you're going to get money. And so I just simply use that to say, what's your end game? Do you intend to sell it soon? If you intend to sell it soon, then what's your plan to grow to capacity to, you know, as, as some of my friends refer to this, is put some lipstick on the pig, you know, uh, which is one way of looking at it. But how do I gussy up the spreadsheet and to make the company look as good as possible. All right? So if I'm going to sell it soon, that's my focus. If my focus is to grow and but is grow it and sell it at some later date, but not today because I really want to get some money out of it, then really what is my growth to capacity plan? What, what have I put together to say, I'm going to take this to stage five, then I'm going to reinvent the firm. And how many times am I going to reinvent the firm? Am I going to do it once? Am I going to do it twice? Am I going to do it three times? And you have to ask yourself, well, every time I reinvent the firm, it's going to require some invested capital. Uh, I'm going to have to put some money into the business. So therefore, 
how much am I willing to invest for how much I'm going to get out? If you intend to grow the company and you're going to buy um, another firm or you're going to merge with another firm or you're going to grow it yourself, then the issue you really have is do I stay private with this firm or do I go public? I would have said to you three years ago that going public probably makes more sense. But given the nature of how the world economy is moving and especially the involvement of governments, um, I won't bore the I won't bore those of you who are not in the United States with uh, a litany of what's happening here. All I can say to you is that a decision that we made to take the company public in 2005, as we started off, is a decision that we're reviewing, and we may stay private simply because I don't want the government to tell me how to run the business. Or the other option you have is to liquidate. In other words, especially if you're a company that has a lot of hard assets that are easy to um, easy to dispose of. Yeah, when you're done, you just close the doors and have a fire sale and then sell the place out. So, But without deciding what your end game is, it's very, very difficult to make any of the decisions that we discussed over the last eight weeks. So hopefully, in the remainder of the show, I'll, I will help you think that through. Now, let's just talk about some stats, the interesting stats about uh, small businesses. Uh, if, you, if you take the pie and you split it into a third and you say, okay, Here's a, here's a group of companies that have uh, started in, all in the same year. Let's say you started your business in, in 2009, okay? Uh, what can we say over a period of time? Well, a third of you will turn a profit. A third of you will break even. And a third of you will remain upside down and go out of business, okay? So only 33% of you will actually get any return on your money. Now, whether that return is sufficient to reward you for what you've invested, uh, I don't know. My guess is it may be in terms of what you invest financially. It will not be worth it, uh, what you in invest in terms of sweat. A different way of looking at it is let's take that same pie, okay? And um, it's two years from now. Two-thirds of you will survive and one-third of you will be gone, which makes some sense, that one-third it stays upside down. But this number expands that after four years, only half of you, only half the pie still exists. Half of you will have gone out of business after four years. And if your goal is to become huge, to turn your company into a market leader, a market dominator, uh, I got this to say to you is that let's pick a number, revenue number. Let's pick a billion, nice number. And only one of 400 companies make it to a billion. And so if only half of you survive in four years, so if you started in 2009, half of you are around in 2013. Of those of you that are around in 2013, only one out of every 400 will make it to a billion dollars. Now, that is pretty scary. How can you increase the odds? Well, that's what we've been focused on. Um, if you haven't listened to any of our series of uh, radio broadcasts, I'd recommend that you, you go back and you download the last eight shows because the last eight shows dealt with the different facets of growth. I'm just kind of mopping up here and dealing with some of the things that we didn't cover. So anyway, what's your end game? Number two, what's your source of financing or, or investing? And this is critical. Uh, where are you going to get your money from? Because where you get your money from and what you have to give back in order to get that money is critical. In our decision to go public, we, we also decided that in that process, as we studied companies that had gone public and brought in either angel investors or uh, venture capital, what we found was you can maintain control of the business up to about two. That after 
after the if you have to go to third round of financing um, you probably won't have much of anything left and I made up my mind that if I if I sold everything and just a quick overview of my story if you haven't heard of the other shows is in 2002 I sold everything I owned I had commercial real estate, I had a bar restaurant, I had 401k for my years in the consulting business. I liquidated every one of my assets. I'm fully in. I am fully vested. I have nothing other than the company. I spend no money on myself. I program every dollar that comes back into the firm. If you think, I'm going to let some yahoo come along at the last moment, and just because he drops a couple of million dollars in the firm, thinks that he owns it, controls it, and then basically pushes me out of the way, uh, I'll tell you what, anybody who thinks that is bringing a knife to a gunfight. Then it's not going to happen. And so when I looked at this, I said, look, we only can go through two rounds. So we have to be very, very selective about where we get our money. So the issue then is, how are you going to pull this off? I, I think, and from the literature and from the research, and what we're learning is that if you can secure lines of credit, if you can, if you can get from the banks or a secondary source, money to smooth out your cash flow, basically to provide you working capital, there are a good chance that you can grow your company without getting outside investors. Now, what that requires is an exponential rate of return on sales, which we are going to address here a little bit uh, later in the show, in fact, here in about three or four minutes. But I think you can get there. And so there are lots of strategies for uh, getting a line of credit. Let me let me tell you uh, ones that we've employed in the past. Um, here's what I used to do uh, in one of my previous companies, and it worked very well. How did I get a line of credit? Well, the way I got a line of credit was this. We did an estimated payroll taxes uh, monthly. We knew basically what we we're going to have to send to the government. What we did is that we took the estimated payroll taxes and we bought a 30-day uh, CD from the bank. So whatever that was going to be, I locked that money up. Then what we did is we did an estimated uh, taxes that were due quarterly. And we went and took that money, put it aside into a CD, a 90-day CD, so that the, the, money that we, the money that we had to send the IRS was locked up. Once we had those dollars in, they were no longer available to us. We found the bank very amenable to giving us a line of credit, holding those two CDs as security, which was in their bank, and giving us 75 to 80 cents on the dollar to give us enough working capital to get by. And we were able to finance our operation pretty easily because the bank wasn't taking a risk, and we knew that at the end of the month we could make our payroll taxes, or at the end of the, or at the, end of the quarter we could make, pay our corporate taxes. So that's an example of what we're talking about, and I'm going to bring some experts on in financing later on uh, in our shows, probably sometime later this month, on how to look at that. But if you, can, if you can get a line of credit for your working capital so you can smooth it out, and the issue with this, and we talked about this in um, the Cash is King show, if you want to go and you want to go download that one, um, the issue here is that uh, companies, there needs to be sufficient cash flow, but there also needs to be predictability because if you don't know when you are going to get paid, you do not know, then you will not spend money. And so you can put together a budget that says that we're going to invest in infrastructure and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. If you don't have the peace of mind to know that that money is coming in, you're not going to spend it, and therefore you're going to harm your growth plans because nothing's going to happen on time. So the essence of having working capital, having a line of credit around working capital, is that you can say to yourself, I know I have the money 
Therefore, I know I can spend it. Therefore, I can stay on track with my growth plans. All right, let's let's move over. If you can take care of that, then you you kind of grow the company in sales. Okay, so how do I how do I get exponential returns? Well, the way of looking at exponential returns basically is is growth in sales. And the way to do the math for everybody out there, pretty simple math. You ready? Write this down, or you go to uh, uh, the Rotor blog uh, later today, and I'll hand this up. And what you're basically going to do, here's the math formula. What you're looking for is return on invested capital. This is the number you want to play with. Okay? So here, here we go. What is your net operating profit minus taxes? Uh, so let's do this quarterly, since that's typically the way most companies work. Uh, your accountant maybe gives you once a month, and then you reconcile everything quarterly. At least that's the way we do it. So what's your net operating profit minus the taxes you've got to pay on that? And divide that by the total amount of working capital you have, all of, all of uh, the cash you have at hand, plus the value of all your assets. And that will give you an idea about what, where you're at in terms of exponential returns. What we have found, if you use that number, that 60% gross margin is typically what you want to target. You want to say to yourself, I want to build a company where we have a gross margin of 60%. When we use that number, as we were putting together our business model in the middle of 2005, one of the things that became apparent to us is that we could not be in the services business. Um, you see that most consulting firms, and I'm going back down to the days when I was consulting to large corporations, uh, most consulting firms make their money from services. They operate their, their business model is much like a law firm. Um, you, it's, it's about billable days as opposed to billable hours. Well, if you're going to have a 60% gross margin, you cannot run that model because that's not possible. Uh, our very best year, we had a gross margin of 45% in an industry where the average gross margin was 25 um, and we did that through some tricks uh, that we had learned, but basically a 60% gross margin in a service-based business is not possible. It has to be product-based. And so that drove our decision about what type of business model that we're using. And so what I'd say to you, if you're looking to get uh, the revenue growth to reinvest in the firm, a 60% gross margin is what you're looking for, and then take 30% of your margin and reinvest it back into the firm. And that is where your reinvestment money comes from. And in a minute, that's going to be critical. So so where are you today? The, the third issue is that, okay, given that, where are you today in your company? Where are you in your business? All right, here we go. So here's how you go about figuring this out. You can listen to our eight shows. You can listen to the stages of growth because we do a review on every one of them. And you can say, I think my company is here. Or... You can take some sort of organizational assessment like ours. Our, our premier assessment is called forecast. And what forecast is, is is like going to the doctor and you're feeling fine, but you say to yourself, you know, I just turned 40 and I'm going to go to the Mayo Clinic and I'm going to have a complete and total checkup, okay? And what they do is they, they give you, they, you know, they do blood chemistry, they do MRIs, they do the whole nine yards. There, there's not a thing they don't do. And at the end of it, they sit down and say, okay, let's talk about blood chemistry. Let's talk about your colon. Let's talk about your liver. And they go down the list and they say, okay, here is the status of the patient as they are now. And that's what our assessment forecast does is it looks at your company and it will tell you, one, what stage of growth that you're in. 
stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four, stage five, or stage six. What stage of growth are you in? Then the way it sorts the data is it says, okay, here's a list of items you need to triage. In other words, here are the things that you didn't do when you should have done them that if you don't do them, you're going no further. And it's kind of like if you're a stage three company and you've got a lot of stage one issues that haven't been dealt with, we say to you, you're not going to go anywhere until you deal with these stage one issues. The second piece of, of the way the data is arranged is here's the immediate. Here are the things that you need to do right now that should be on your plate um, for solving the company. So if you're a stage three company, these are stage three issues. And then the, the next list is the future. And here are the things that you may be paying attention to. And what we say to you is basically don't. Now, don't totally ignore them, but just kind of put them off to the side. And as you put them off to the side, they will become important later. And what we can do is give you that feedback because the goal behind this is to develop an action plan, a growth to capacity plan. Um, how do I, given what I have right now, how do I grow the company to the maximum return I can get from it right now, then reinvent and take the money that I made in this ramp up, in this fast growth period, take 30% of that money, throw it back in, and how much can I grow the company again? Given that your end game is not to sell at this time, your end game is to keep it and hold on. Okay, so let me uh, let me just do a quick uh, check here and let you know what's going on, where we are. We have about 20 minutes left. Um, you are you are on Rudder Radio, your guide to thrive in any economy. I'm William Eastman, your host for the remaining 10 minutes or so. A managing partner of a company called Applied Knowledge Labs, which is a North American business research company. Our core competence is micro research and product development. And you can reach us either by going to, uh, to chat at our show page at blogtalkradio.com slash the rudder, T H E dash R U T T E R, or you can reach us uh, by phone at 347 215 7471. Now, let me, let me share some interesting data with you, okay? And that is, is there some predictability to this issue of growth? Well, there is. And I, in some areas, there's some averages, in others, there's not. If you, if you take the period of time from when you, start, when you start thinking about the company until you do your first reinvention, this is also known in the literature as your ramp-up period. And in the issue of ramp-up, there is no average amount of time. In the companies that we studied and the companies that we looked at as we were modeling a, uh, a fast-growth organization, we found that some of these companies ramped up in two or three years. Some of these companies took 10, maybe 20 years to get there because what happens, as we talked about in, uh, in the show on the next DAC, Stage 3, is that after that first growth after that first spurt of sales and you kind of get to stage three and you're kind of doing okay, a lot of business owners decide, at least for now, they don't want to get any bigger, that this is all that they want. And um, I can't tell you what their motives are, but predominantly what you find is that they realize that they can't grow any bigger without changing their behavior or bringing in professional uh, talent. And a lot of owners are uh, want to do that. They just don't want to go there. They just don't want to bring in other people to challenge them. And so it takes them a while to kind of go, yeah, I guess I, guess I really need to do that. And so a lot of companies languish at, at stage three. And that's what this ramp-up is, is. A lot of companies spend decades here before they decide that they're going to go, you know, let's, let's go after this. But let me tell you this. 
once you do your first reinvention, in the literature it's known as an inflection point. Once you've done your first inflection, then what's interesting about this is the companies that were studied in one piece of research in a zero to a billion, and we found it in our research as well uh, prior to the book, was that there are four inflections to a billion that all the companies that went to a billion dollars in revenue had four inflection points. And that they seem to be running in three patterns, is that companies did this in four years, six years, or 12 years. And a good example of doing this in four years was Google uh, as an organization. So there actually is a pattern. So if you, if, if you think about what we're saying here is that if you can decrease your wrap-up time by putting the, by you know, managing each stage of growth, and in stage three, putting together a growth to capacity plan. Here's how we're going to get to stage five, and this is what we're going to look like when we get there. And in doing that, and then take 30% of reinvesting back into the firm, um, you could put yourself on a path to a billion dollars in four to six years from that reinvention. And think about that for a second. As you're now struggling with this economy, as we all are, trying to figure out what to do, and yet a billion-dollar firm is not abnormal. It's not beyond your reach. And so I just simply wanted to offer that to you as, as an interesting way of looking at it and all of these companies that have been successful and made it to a billion fall into a four, six, or 12-year path from their first reinvention or, or their first inflection. Okay, so where does that lead me? Now that leads me here. Where do I start? Okay, that's, that is really kind of the, or how do I start? So here's the start point. First of all, is you need to baseline the company. I recommend, obviously, we have that product, but the idea behind uh, using forecasts is create a baseline to say, this is where we are, this is the current state of the business. And it's a Polaroid, it's a snapshot that captures accurately our point in time. From that, there's a, there's a thing that you can do that's called in, in the profession a value driver tree. Now, what's a driver, value driver tree? Well, envision this. It's easy to do. Start with profit. All right, so write profit on a piece of paper and then, draw, and, and then draw two stems out from profit. On the top stem, above the line, is revenue. And then below the line, the bottom stem, is cost. Then take the revenue line and say, okay, what are our revenue streams? What revenue streams do we have? In our business, we have three revenue streams. We have consolidated markets where we partner with big companies like utilities, universities. Uh, we have a value-added reseller uh, line of revenue where other training consulting firms use our assessment products, and then we also have a uh, we have a, uh, a direct sales component where we sell directly to our clients. Um, we we don't do as much with direct sales uh, as we do with the others because of the time involved, but we definitely do that. Uh, we definitely have that component in the business, and so. Uh, what you do is you say, okay, now let's take a look at the consolidators and say, let's look at those and where's the source of revenue. The same on the cost side. And you say, okay, what's your cost made up of? And typically you can get those right off the balance sheet. And what I'm saying to you is that if you take this tree and you take it down to about five levels of detail, what you will identify are the opportunities and obstacles to grow the company. Then you, then you say to yourself, okay, what, what is the maximum potential on this particular type of account, on our utility accounts? Uh, where we're helping utilities look at minority small businesses and sort them out and make decisions about whether those uh, those companies would be good partners uh, because these companies have set aside some money to work with minority small businesses or SWAMs, I think they're called. Um, 
how to how to how could we get 100% of all the budget they're going to spend? And so the idea is, if we were to maximize those revenue streams uh, to 100% level, how much would that be? The same thing on the cost side is that if we were to run more efficiently, if we were to take as much as that cost out as we possibly can out, what would that look like? Then you say to yourself, okay, let's target 75%. Let's, let's target 75% of the positive numbers. Let's target 75% of the negative numbers and say to yourself, if that's the case, what are the initiatives that we need to engage in? And you know what? You got your plan. Because not only, do have, you, not only have you indicated what you want to target, but you've also, you've also basically put your metric in place, which is really critical. And so that's what it takes to kind of put together a growth plan. Uh, growth to capacity plan. Excuse me, I am talking very fast because I just got the hint, but I have about a minute and ten seconds left. Okay, so today is Friday, um, the third of July. Uh, tomorrow is a big day in the U.S. Um, for all of you out there, that's uh, it's really a business celebration day as as much as liberty because uh, being an entrepreneur is the ultimate form of freedom and liberty. But let me let me say this to you, and that is for next week um, on Monday we will have uh, this weekend we'll have up on our site um, we will have on our site yeah, I'm searching for something here on my screen. Okay, on our site on Monday we will have our latest uh, schedule out brand new schedule, and what we're going to do is we're going to drill down a lot of these issues. And so with that, what I'd like to do is say to you, have a great weekend, wealth and prosperity to all my listeners, and happy birthday, U.S. Ciao.